You may be seated. Our scripture today is a very familiar one, so familiar it's easy to not hear it when it is spoken aloud. And so I invite you to do what you need to do to be present to this word of the Lord. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. <clears throat> he leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. May God bless our hearing of this sacred text. Let us pray. Great God, known to us in fleeting glimpses, we live for the moments when your voice is heard and your will is clear. We long to walk with you beside still waters and to lie down in green pastures. Nourish us now by your word and spirit, that we may join the heavenly chorus singing your praises while being of service to those who cannot yet hear the joyful sounds. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Psalm 23. It's almost too poignant to revisit on an ordinary Sunday, given how frequently it is read at the gravesides of a loved one. But in addition to being a traditional memorial text, it is also a traditional Eastertide scripture. Christian churches throughout the world are returning to these verses, celebrating God's presence, provision, and guidance. Still, as my friend Jen notes, we may never hear the psalm without associating it with the funeral of a loved one. Truthfully, it's not a bad thing we read this psalm during those occasions. The comfort that God is leading us, even in the midst of the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, is immense. But the psalm can be our refrain at other times, too. And perhaps we miss the loveliness of the language when we focus so tightly on walking through the darkest valley. The loveliness of the language is often what captures my attention and imagination when I read the Psalms. And Psalm 23 
has some seriously lovely language. It has fantastic nouns. Shepherd, pastures, waters, soul. And that's just in the first couple of verses. Many of these nouns are further deepened by stellar adjectives. The pastures of this psalm are green. Its waters are still. Its paths are right. But to me, it's the good verbs that what make this psalm truly transcendent. A few of the verbs are in first person, assigned to the psalmist or the person borrowing the psalmist's words for her own prayer. But they're mostly verbs in the negative, as in, I shall not want, I shall not fear. The two action verbs that are straightforwardly assigned to the speaker seem to be contradictory. I walk through the darkest valley, yet I dwell in the house of the Lord. How can the psalmist be in two places at the same time, especially two radically different places? Dark valleys are treacherous, full of risk and danger. The valley of the shadow of death, as some translations render it. And yet there it is again, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. The only way I can make sense of this impossible paradox is through the abundance of good verbs assigned to our good God in this psalm. Psalm 23 does not cast a vision of a disinterested God who created the world and walked away. Psalm 23 paints a portrait of a God who acts, a shepherd who shepherds, Consider the verbs. The Lord makes, leads, and restores. The Lord prepares and anoints. And perhaps the most subtle but significant verb the psalmist assigns to our sacred shepherd. To be. The Lord is. In a world that often scrapes away at our capacity for faith and trust in a God who is God, the word is is actually kind of a big deal. And then, conjugated into a different form, the verb to be shows up again in the second person. You are with me. You are with me. What a prayer. You are with me. What a blessing to turn this around and speak it to another. God is with you. 
When we know God is with us, even in the darkest of valleys, making, leading, restoring, preparing, and anointing, anywhere can become holy ground. We can even feast in the presence of our enemies without fear. When we are deeply rooted in faith, we are like little snails, carrying our houses with us everywhere we go, except the house we inhabit is no fragile shell, but the very household of the Lord. Even goodness and mercy, even goodness and mercy get to have good verbs assigned to them by the psalmist. They follow you. I've always loved that line best. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The enemy who is sitting there while you eat your scrambled eggs, not following you. Goodness and mercy are following you. Goodness and mercy followed my friend Jen, the same one I quoted earlier, who worried that we've made this psalm too narrowly a scripture for funerals. Years ago, she reflected on Psalm 23 in light of a medical crisis her father experienced. Her family spent hours at the hospital keeping vigil during his surgery. After a very long day, she stopped at a restaurant that was locally known for its pie, thinking it would be a welcome feast for her family back at the hotel where they were all staying. So she realized while she was still in the restaurant that she didn't have any way to actually serve it to her family members. I mean, it was a pie. The cashier informed her that they didn't carry disposable pie servers. Poor Jen was so worn out from a day of prayer and tears and hope and distraction that she just stood there, unable to troubleshoot the problem. She said she really wasn't trying to be obstinate. Sometimes you just don't know what to do next. As she's standing there with this beautiful, no doubt delicious pie in her hands. The cashier flagged down manager and explained the situation. Jen recalls, she said to me, you'll bring it back. And then she disappeared into the back, returning with a well-worn wooden handled pie server. Jen continues, sometimes God shows up to shepherd us through a situation that really just calls for a pie server. Sometimes the table that God sets for us isn't a bountiful funeral luncheon, but pie in the midst of a hotel bar eaten with plastic forks from two small plates. Sometimes the shepherding that we need comes in the form of respite and retreat. God holding the rest of the world at bay while we enjoy our pie. Now, 
Since this sermon did become something of a grammar lesson, I was an English major, my apologies. Here's one more glorious grammatical note. This whole song takes place in the present tense. The psalmist is not speaking of the days of yore. This prayer is not aching for a future that is not yet. This psalm is happening right now as we pray it. So this week, take a few moments to contemplate how this psalm is true for you today. How is God acting to restore your soul? How is God transforming even your darkest valleys into places where goodness and mercy nip at your heels? How is God holding the rest of the world at bay so you can enjoy your pie? The God who was and is, and ever shall be, is in our midst, with us. And this God is acting. May we have the wisdom to see and believe. Amen.